This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Throwing the notes away. Gotta throw these notes away now. These don't matter anymore. Had this whole thing, oh, training camps, move-in days today. Let's look at some big position battles. Go through them one by one. Nope. Forget about that for this episode. The Pittsburgh Steelers just dropped a bomb via Twitter at 6.02 p.m. Wednesday. And just for some perspective, as you're listening to this podcast, we are sitting down to record at like 6.08. So like this just happened as we sat down into the studio. Vince Williams, the inside linebacker, has called it a career. Vince Williams, who was released in the offseason, then brought back to Pittsburgh on a team-friendly deal after the market was soft for him, has decided to hang it up. And I did not see this one coming at all because a lot of the talk we've had in this offseason is how great it is that Vince is back and what a great option it gives him at the inside linebacker spot. And we'll get to this eventually in this episode, but that's looking a little thin now all of a sudden Mm -hmm. after, you know, just two days in the wake of really shoring up your linebacker core by bringing in Melvin Ingram, it suffers a blow. Should we talk about the career? Give him some credit. Talk about the career of Vince Williams first before we go into the after effects of it all. Oh, it's it's okay. We can get there. But I mean, what do you, I mean, you have to be shocked first, right? I kind of want to get to that first. Yeah. yeah, The shock value of what's happening. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's shocking. Um, I, I told, you I feel you, shocked. I, I Sorry, you, neither of you did it, and I was waiting. I told you, Tom, when you walked in, and like you looked at Jacob and said, "Did you even know?" And no one even. I knew. was like, "Get out of here!" Colin said, "Then I was like, no." And then you look on Twitter, and it's the real deal. And and um, yeah, I mean, it is absolutely shocking. The day that the Steelers report too, I think that's even the more shocking thing is the fact that this is the the first day that the Steelers are you know at camp. Everybody reports all of a sudden. You know, um, the guy that you're assuming is going to be the two or the three, you know, middle linebacker, he retires. Um, and we can get into what that exactly means. But, yeah, um, it's an absolute shock. I mean, I'm sure we'll know the details of what happened soon. Uh, I'm, I'm sure, sure. I'm sure we'll know. Uh, but Probably not till tomorrow. This yeah. is kind of a news dumpy time to do this at yeah. 6 o'clock at night. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's exactly what I felt, too. Like, Travis, another guy that works in the building, came in and said, um, did you hear Vince Williams retired? And I said, what? And I looked on Twitter, and sure enough, it, the Twitter has blown up over it. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, it is absolutely um, – I don't really have the words for it. Again, we, we, we've talked about how important that middle linebacker position is and having, you know, a Robin to Vince or to uh, Devin Bush's Batman. Now the Robin all of a sudden is for sure um, Roberts Blaine and uh, didn't expect that to happen. And maybe you expect that to happen in camp. Maybe that, you know, you would see that on the field, but you definitely didn't expect it to happen before training camp camp even happens. Mm-hmm. The, a lot, there was a lot of talk yesterday about the possibility of Steve Nelson making a deal within the next 24 hours, and people were yeah. expecting something like Nelson that to happen. That yeah, today he did. Or Is it today or tomorrow. Well, it's tomorrow. We exactly. still haven't, heard, still haven't so. heard anything. And he was on the station across the street, and they had said that they had John Clayton was on. Was he really? Yeah. They had Steve Nelson on? Uh, no, they had John, oh, Clayton, they had John Clayton, who on. said, okay. expect the deal to get done today or tomorrow, and, and Pittsburgh is a likely destination. But, you know, people like Dale Lawley, who aren't just going to throw out speculation unless it's John factual. Clayton's great, but Dale Lawley's more plugged in. I right. Mean, John oh, of course. John Clayton lives in Seattle. Seattle. I mean, how could right. you? Yeah. So it's it's a term of – it's it's – it's, this definitely comes as a shock because there was a whole conversation about you can speculate all you want, but facts are facts. This isn't 
this doesn't seem like something to happen. And then this bomb is dropped. And instead of people speculating that, okay, a, a former Steeler can return and, and this defense could be bolstered a little bit, it's the exact opposite. You lose a piece that's been around for eight years, a guy that not only has uh, playing experience but has leadership qualities for being around for as long as Vince has been around. And now you're you're not just losing a roster spot, you're losing a leader and you're losing a guy who's so loved by a Steeler Nation. It's, it's all... It's all very shocking. I, I they're urgent. No, there we really is shocked. no other word to use. Thirty-one years of age was Vince Williams when he announced his retirement. He was a sixth-round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2013, so he will retire a career Pittsburgh Steeler. Eight mm-hmm. years spent with the organization. I'm sure he wanted to retire as a Steeler. I'm, I'm sure, sure he, did he wanted too. to spend his entire career with the Steelers. This is think about how this guy in 2013 was thrown into the fire starting 11 games and playing in 15 games for, you know, a team that was good. I mean, the Steelers have been good on all of the 2010 mm-hmm. stretch, even the years that they missed the playoffs, as you so famously know, they've never had a losing season. So 15 games as a rookie, 11 of them as a starter. Then, you know, he plays in 16 games every single year, the following three years, but he doesn't have to really take on that starting role until 2017. And, you know, he gave you really four really good years as a starter in the NFL. And I think for a sixth-round pick, to be thrown into the fire like he was early in his career and then kind of have to reset as a bench player for the next three years until he finally earned himself back up into a starting role, he made the most of it of the second chance he got to become a starter. And it was a great pick by the Steelers to get that much value out of somebody in the sixth round. Uh, no doubt. I mean, this stat is pretty astounding, but there's only ten players – from Williams' original draft class that played in more NFL games over mm-hmm. his career, and all 10 players were drafted ahead of him in the six, mm-hmm. like all throughout the draft, but him being a six rounder, that's astounding. Sounds like he should have been a top 10 pick. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, when you put it in that type of. When you, you look know, at it in context yeah, now, I mean. Only 10 players played more NFL games over his, what, nine year career. Yeah. Um, it's, so it's not necessarily like he played 15 years, you know. No, so I'm right. sure he would have probably been a first round pick if you could redraft. Yeah, if class. you could redraft, I think he probably would be, or at least a, he wouldn't be a six round pick. No that's doubt, for sure. No doubt. Um, I mean, yeah, it's been an, I mean, an incredible career. I mean, for being a six round pick and, um, you know, he. again like a couple guys on this team that we've talked about he's gotten better with age and I you know I I kind of you know it seems a little odd to say now that he's retired that's what's like so shocking I think right because he's gotten better the last handful of years the last couple of years the older that he's gotten he's gotten better so it's definitely you know it's definitely weird that that we're here now but again that's where we're at and you know Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll know the details soon but um, you know, at the very least, you gotta you gotta tip your hat. It's been one hell of a career for Vince Williams. I mean, this is a guy who had as many tackles for losses last year as JJ Watt, Montez Sweat, Leonard Williams. I mean, these are superstar names in the NFL. At one point, he was only second behind TJ Watt, Watt, who, by the way, just to get this in, was of course the league leader in tackles for loss last year. But Vince Williams was top ten. He was tied for eighth with a bunch of those guys that I named. I mean, he finished in front of guys like Leonard Floyd and Levante David from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had more tackles for loss than Khalil Mack, for God's sake. So really coming off of one of his not his best season, but but a good a season. season that you could certainly parlay into, yeah, he should be the starter next year in twenty twenty one. I mean there's no doubt. I mean there when you look at it. As we said, we speculated, I mean, all three of us, you know, I mean, varying opinions, who was going to be the starter, but 
we all thought that regardless of who starts, he was going to see you would see a lot of you would see a lot of significant yeah. uh, significant playing time. Whether it's him being the starter, whether it's him being the second guy, whether you know he was going to see the field, and that's you know you kind of the first thought I had was maybe that the Steelers told him that you know maybe you're not going to be the starter and we're going to go with Spillane and and. I don't, I don't think that's what it is at this point because, again, regardless of whether you're going to be the second or third guy, you're going to see the field. You're, you have to have three capable linebackers, middle linebackers, I mean, um, really any linebacker, but middle for sure, to, you know, to succeed as a defense. You have to have three capable guys. And, you know, it's just very strange because it, I'm sure it has nothing to do with playing time because he absolutely would have played. I mean, there, there's no question about that. Yeah, I I don't think there's a question to that at all. It's just how much of a starting presence would you have lost, or I guess how much of a starting presence would he have, right? It's it's just a question of who the team would have gone with. And we talked a lot about the Melvin Ingram signing uh, last episode, uh, splitting snaps between Melvin Ingram and Alex Highsmith, going with the hot hand. I'm sure it would have been a very similar case here at the inside linebacker position with Vince Williams and Robert Spillane, you just got to go with the guy who's doing better that week. It would have been nice to have him, even if Spillane won the starting job too, because you get a little bit of a safety net just in case Spillane can't really cut the mustard when mm-hmm. he actually is playing starter minutes in the NFL game. You got somebody that was a year removed from being a top 10 in tackles for loss, like we said. So mm-hmm. I think you had a little bit of security there. Now you're looking at Buddy Johnson as far as you're concerned. If one of those top two guys goes down as the next man up on your roster, because I don't think you're going to put Marcus Allen in there, and I don't think you're going to put Christian Kuntz right. in there, who are also the on the, the <laughs> third rung of that depth chart. One of those guys is going to have to move up a spot. I mean, I feel like they're going to have to go out into the market now and get kind of like a middle of the road, almost like an Avery Williamson. Bring, yeah. Maybe even bring an Avery Williamson back if, uh, if that works out money-wise, which it should. Not to say that they're saving a lot with Vince Williams. His cap hit was only eight hundred fifty thousand this year, so they'll get close to a million back, still around fifteen million in available cap. So I think they can certainly go out and still bolster this spot. But I mean, it's pretty late. This is like quitting your job uh, if you were a teacher, quitting your job right. like a week before the school started. And now you got to scramble right. and find a new teacher to come in and, and help out because camp is just now starting. So I mean, good example I mean, because school season and, and Steelers season kind of coincide. Well, thanks, Jacob. So I thought it was time. great too. Yeah. Thanks for patting me on the back. No problem. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's kind of weird. And you know, if all things are perfect, if you're the Steelers, if you're a fan or whatever, you would have liked to know this beforehand again you know we don't know if it's a physical thing or what it is you know we'll find out but if it's just uh, if it's just that he doesn't want to play anymore it would have been nice to know you know before him coming to camp that day it would have been nice you know i mean if you read what the steelers post on their website you know it it, from coming from kevin colbert it says vince williams notified us today that he will retire from the game of football we respect his decision wanted to thank him for his time with us can show you know consistently showed great character and leadership in addition to his contributions on the field, we wish Vince and his family his best. So, I mean, that you know, it sounds I know that that's what every GM would say in that situation, but the key thing there is that it says Vince notified us. I don't know if you know the day before camp starts, it's the best time to do it, but I guess you know, it does free up cap space, you know, and to your point, Tom, maybe you can bolster the position, but it's not the timing that you hope for. And again, we don't know what the details are. We don't know why, but it's just a strange, really strange time. Well, yeah, it almost makes me feel like, you know, maybe he wakes up yesterday or wakes up today (laughs) and he looks, you know, at the training camp schedule, it's move in day. You finally start to 
live in the present, you know, in the off season, when you sign that contract, I'm sure you're like, yeah, I'd love to play football again. But then when you really start to sit down and say, okay, we got camp, an extra preseason game than everybody else, because we got to play Dallas in the hall of fame game. You know, maybe you sit there and you just tell yourself, my body isn't ready to do it. Or mentally, I'm just not ready to have my body at the position that it needs to be in to compete for 17 games. And quickly, I'm just looking on Twitter here. There's a tweet that resurfaced from eight days ago from Vince Williams that says, all my dogs leave in the game. This bleep is depressing. Mm. You know, I don't know if that plays into it. Uh, Again, you know, someone just retweeted it and, and it's showing up now. But I'm sure if he tweeted that, you know, a handful of days ago, no one would have said anything, which no one did. But now you see that and you almost wonder, you know, was this sort of thing in his head already? Did he have second thoughts about it? And, you know, it's like the old saying goes, you know, I think Stan has Stan said it before on his show. I think it comes from um, uh, from uh, Coach Noel. If, if you're thinking about retiring, you probably already have. And maybe that, as you said, Tom, that was the realization that he had is that, you know, now that I'm here, maybe I don't want to do this anymore. I guess it's a weird thing, too, because at the end of the season last year against the Cleveland uh, Browns in the playoff game, uh, we all thought, okay, what does this mean for Ben's future and and Pouncey's future? It was kind of assumed that Pouncey would retire, but Ben losing guys like Big Al and Pouncey and Vance McDonald's, guys he's used to playing with, we all thought it's a possibility Ben steps away, too, because Ben's a guy about comfortability how can I be most comfortable and with so many teammates leaving the game without him it definitely raised concerns that possibly he could be the next to go but I guess it was Vince Williams who felt really uncomfortable without so many old friends uh that he got to play with or play against yeah and and again I guess you just never really can have a good time when you're going to retire but this was definitely some bad timing and you mentioned Kellen how Colbert said that you know Vince approached us so maybe that rules out it being a physical because that timing wise too that would make sense that you come in it's probably the first thing and forgive me I'm ignorant in this but I would just assume that one of the first things you do when you get to training camp is get a nice little physical done just a nice little status check on how the body's looking. Right, it, I'm sure. It might not be tonight for moving day. It might be tomorrow, but whatever. It was what, it's, it's one probably of one of the earliest things you, things you mm-hmm. check off when you get there, when te- when the team reports. So uh, you wonder if maybe, you know, something came up, maybe a knee, something that was bothering him from last year. Just, yeah, you know, maybe this isn't fully healed yet, and who knows how it's going to last for an entire 17-game season at your season age, and maybe that influences decision. We don't know. And, again, hopefully yep. that more details will come out as we move forward here, but where it stands with the Steelers inside linebackers now on the field, moving on from Vince, Robert Spillane, Cohen, like you said, is no doubt the starter. Um, even if you were to go out in a free agency, and we'll get to some of these guys in a second, there's really no one there that would supplant Spillane, at least in my mind. So you got a lot of pressure on Robert Spillane. The big question is, can he can he be sustainable in the passing game? Because I think he's solid as far as a run stopper is concerned. But as far as having to go into coverage, is that going to be a problem for him? And is the grind of a 17-game season going to wear down on somebody who's definitely undersized? I mean, it's a, you have to think it absolutely will. Um, you know, and I know Splane, as we've said before, he he sort of held his own last year in a in a limited role, um, you know, when he was had to start and – you know, he was moved around a lot. I don't know if he can do it for a 17-game schedule. I mean, granted, you know, I did say that I thought Spillane was going to be the starter um, as Even the season before, approached yeah. anyway. I mean, not this way, but I guess it, it does end up happening. And, 
it does raise some questions about the middle linebacker room because, as you said, um, especially with Vince Khan now, there's not a lot of depth behind those two. I mean, it's really going to be their show. And, you know, I mean, that's a good thing if they both play well, but if you lose someone, if someone gets beat up or, you know, if someone needs a blow, where are you going to turn? You know, who who are you going to rely on? I mean, I, you know, I, I guess – I guess we'll find out, and I guess maybe the free agent pool is where you go. But you know, are you are you really excited about bringing one of the guys that are in free agency in at this point, where you've already started? I mean, today's the first day of training camp. Today was report day. You know what I mean? It's a it's a really weird situation. It's a, it's an unfortunate situation. But um, I mean, looking at Spillane, I guess in in detail, I don't know if he can do it for seventeen games. Granted, I could be wrong, and I think at this point, everybody better hope that. You know, I'm wrong, but um, I don't know. I just I don't see how he can do it for 17 straight games. And the thing you brought up, Tom, the thing that really kills him, in my opinion, is the fact that I don't think he can cover the pass well. And teams are going to realize, hey, Rob Splane's on the field. As long as we can get him matched up one on one with a tight end or with a running back, we're going to win that battle nine times out of ten. I mean, is he going to cover, you know, running backs out of the backfield or tight ends? No. I mean, there's no shot. Yeah, it's definitely upsetting you know to lose Vince Williams is upsetting from a Steeler fan perspective because he was such a fan favorite but when you think beyond just his retirement you think what are you left with it definitely starts to concern you because we've talked about how on defense at the at the starters or as far as the starters are concerned the Steelers should be in an okay position they have really good names uh, across all the positions, but behind those starters, they're pretty much stretched paper thin in every single position, and inside linebacker is no exception. And inside linebacker was the real emphasis last year, or was the one who got the spotlight the most because of the loss of Devin Bush so early on, and you couldn't really work in Robert Spillane as the guaranteed starter. Vince Williams had some issues staying healthy and with COVID. You brought in Avery Williamson, who clearly wasn't a solution uh, to kind of find a permanent starter. So now that's being brought up again, but this time it's a lot earlier on, it, a lot earlier on in the in the off season. Thankfully, it's coming in the off season, so you have time to prepare before the season starts compared to last year. But it's still this was an issue that the Steelers thought that they that they were really tired of dealing with last year, and so with. Getting Devin Bush back, at least you had three guys who were starting capable. But now when you lose someone like Vince Williams, it's not even the Devin Bush. Obviously, it's worse if it's Devin Bush, but you're pretty much back in the same position you were last year. Uh, To put it into perspective, um, when you move Vince Williams out and you move Spillane up, when you look at who the starters or who the second string guys are, excuse me, um, at least according to ESPN, um, it's Marcus Allen and Buddy Johnson are your second inside linebackers behind Vince or behind uh, Spillane and Bush with Vince now gone. Um, that sounds a lot like what happened last year. Um, and you, as you kind of alluded to, Jacob, like if if you have one injury, if you you know lose anybody for a significant amount of time, or if someone doesn't play well, mm-hmm. or it takes a while for someone to get going, um, you you're kind of in a rough situation. I mean. I'm sure they're they're going to address it, and and I think even more so now. I think it's very important that you do address it. But if you go into the 2021 season with the backups being Marcus Allen and Buddy Johnson, are you at all confident in that? I'm not. 
Yeah, I mean, it depends on how highly the Steelers regard Buddy Johnson. That's a big part of this right yeah. now. I think the, the, the spotlight now kind of goes completely on him because you know what you have in Marcus Allen. There's really no secret there. You've seen him play. He's been on the team for a couple of years now. He was a third-round pick. He's not really planning out or panning out the way you had hoped. So I think right now you don't really look to Marcus Allen to be your savior. You kind of think, okay, what can Buddy Johnson do for the Steelers? And maybe he is ready to take you know that next step forward. It would be incredible to have a, a mid-round draft pick really step up and play significant minutes this year. Of course, it wouldn't be in a starting capacity, but it would be. I mean, it basically would. It be, would though. be a very serious workload for a rookie to take yeah. on. But you know, guys, it kind of would maybe come full circle a little bit as well with the guy that he would be quote unquote mm. replacing, Vince Williams, as a sixth round pick later than Buddy Johnson had to play in fifteen games his rookie season. Right. So it's certainly not possible that it could happen. I mean, I I think that it's a not stretch. impossible. Okay, yeah, not impossible that it could happen. It's 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 a little bit of a stretch, I would say. But I certainly think it, it might be less of a stretch than what is out there on the free agency market. I, I think your options are you roll with Buddy Johnson and you hope that he can develop into something that is at least playable in a team that's going to try to make a push for a playoff spot. Or you just have to go out and you have to bring Avery Williamson back, who is still out on the free agency market. And I say that just because there's really nothing else out yeah. on the free agency market. The best available at the inside would probably be Quan Alexander, but everything points to him going back to the Saints. The Saints worked him out. He had a visit with the Saints. His Achilles looks to be in good shape. So you'd have to think that they're going to take a run at him. If he weren't going to go to the Saints, I would say that Quan Alexander would be a perfect person to come in and, and play opposite of Devin Bush. But as a young guy, if that Achilles is good, Saints are going to bring him back. He's going to stay at, in New Orleans. At so this point, that leaves Avery Williamson, really, after that. At this point, would you have rather the Steelers <laughs> waited to get a deal done with Melvin Ingram, have this news be made public, and then kind of make that move for Quan Alexander instead of Melvin Ingram? I just think that I just, like, look in a quick Google search. It's such a, It seems like such a done deal with the New Orleans Saints mm -hmm. that he's almost not even a free agent anymore. Uh, I think... Avery Williamson makes a lot of sense. I know that it's not like the prototypical move where you bring back a guy right. who's familiar with the system because he only played for half a season here last year, but uh, he certainly is more familiar with the system than any other free agent that they're going to get. Another yeah. guy that's still out there is Patrick Onwasor, who was with Baltimore up until last year when he played one game for the Jets before he was out with injury. So you got injury problems with him. Mm -hmm. There's also a lot of rumors that he's going to go back and the New York Jets are going to re-sign him again but i just feel like avery williamson's your best bet and even if you do roll buddy johnson Ugh. as that number three spot at least if you bring in avery williamson you don't have to have marcus allen be your number four guy yeah i mean i mean i guess the best option at this point is avery williamson but oh man i just i don't know i mean he's basically a, a copy of spillane you know what i mean like he's if a not decent, worse yeah because I mean, I mean when you were the free agent to be brought in last year to kind of help a guy like Spillane, he was struggling, and you weren't even the one starting. Yeah, that that shows concern. I mean, he's he's just like Spillane in the fact that he's a he's a decent enough run stopper, but he's not he can't cover anybody. And he, you know, we know how football is working now. Yeah. And this isn't to say that Vince Williams was astounding in coverage or anything no, like that. But you would rather have Vince Williams and Spillane versus Spillane and Avery Williams. Oh, no doubt. I mean, there, there's no question about it. But. Yeah, I mean, I guess that would make the most sense, Tom, to bring Avery Williamson back at this point. But 
<laughs> that doesn't excite me either. That doesn't make yeah. me feel any better. I mean, I don't think it can excite you. I just think it has to be done. It's yeah. just a necessity of the team, and he's not going to be expensive. I mean, no, that is a positive. Spe- we speculated Melvin Ingram would be like seven, eight million. It turns out he was four million dollars. It's amazing. It's a great steal. So obviously, these guys who are still on the market, their value is diminished. What you know, a lot of the speculative market mm-hmm. thinks they should get. So. I think you could bring Avery Williamson back on the same deal that Vince Williams just walked away from. It, it would just be a quick swap. And, you know, honestly, maybe if a Vince Williams had retired earlier than he did, that Avery Williamson would have been the guy that they do bring back in the middle of the offseason. But now with this kind of blind side, which is kind of what it seems to be, I don't think that the Steelers had any inkling that this was going to happen. Now they're kind of going to be in scramble mode and, they maybe count their blessings that someone yeah. like Avery Williams yeah. is still out there that they could grab. I mean, it it could end up working out because there at least there's somebody out there, and you're not you're not scrambling. And you know, as I said before, you gotta get not, him here like tomorrow though. Right, like, right. Camp starts. I mean, I you mean, you can't wait any long. I mean, if you're going to do something, you have to do it now. Um, you know, teams aren't gonna wait long if they need linebacker or if they need any help in general in a free agency pool. They're not gonna wait very long into free agency before they start bringing guys in for the cheap. And as you, as we said before, um, I think getting Melvin Ingram for, for $4 million is an absolute steal. steal. Yeah. W- what can you get a guy like like Avery Williamson I mean, for? I think this helps Avery Williamson's case to kind of ask for a little bit more. Because, yeah. I mean, he was just waiting for a team to sign him for next to nothing, essentially. But now the Steelers clearly need him. So he's, I'm not saying he can ask for $4 million, but he's got a little bit of leverage. Certainly has a little bit of leverage, but... It's just out of necessity mode now because, again, like, do you really trust Marcus Allen to come in or do you even platoon Marcus Allen with it? Spillane is, well, Allen was a safety all throughout his career in college and he kind of was drafted in that kind of safety. We're kind of making him a hybrid role. You put Spillane in on rundowns, then have Marcus Allen play in that position while passing downs. I mean, you're taking oh. a huge risk there because, listen, this is the NFL. Like, teams aren't going to shy away on third and six. Well, you know what? I shouldn't say that. Some coaches are cowards in this league, but. <laughs> On third and six, if you have a Derrick Henry and you see that they put Marcus Allen in because it's a quote-unquote passing down, I mean, depending on scoring situation, but if it's early in the game and you're winning or it's only down by one score, you're running that ball. You're calling an audible into a long third and seven run play towards Marcus Allen because if you can just get past the first level, there's no way he's going to be able to stop some legitimate NFL running back. I mean, not to say he can't do it, but it's just the odds are heavily against him. So if you put Marcus Allen out there in kind of a platoon situation just to cover pass, I think you're going to expose yourself to some plays that are going to gash you on the ground. I mean, I think that's a very good point. I mean, every, everybody who's listening to the show knows I have a Penn State bias, but when you look at Marcus Allen, he wasn't brought in here to play middle linebacker. He, that's not what he was drafted for. Um, granted, as you said, he, he, he kind of, I mean, he held his home last year for the situation that he was put in. And as I said before, he, he's a nice guy to have in a pinch, if you're in a season and a couple guys go down, at least you have Marcus Allen. You don't want him going in to the yeah. season being a number Certainly two not. or a number yeah. three. You can't have it um, just because, like you said, yeah, he's probably better in coverage. He was a safety in college, so that tells you that he's obviously better in, in coverage, and I think he is than Spillane or even a guy like Avery Williamson if the Steelers do bring him in. But, you know, in the running game, it's you know it's completely different playing the run in college, which Marcus Allen wasn't bad at in college, but he you know he definitely hasn't proved anything in the pro game yet. And you know you can't again as I said before, it's not a bad guy to have you know fourth or fifth guy, but 
it's just not a good situation if he's your two or three. Was the best Vince Williams moment ever against the Houston Texans when DeAndre Hopkins down. scored the touchdown oh, late in garbage fantastic. time and the Steelers were just boat racing them? Great was year that, for the Steelers was that, that the year. catch that DeAndre Hopkins made that was like yes, the catch of the year? That was that and catch then, of the catch of the decade. Possibly Vince too. Williams goes and lays yeah. down next to him in the end zone. That was a great. I mean, kind of weird of DeAndre Hopkins to celebrate because it was a garbage time touchdown. Yeah, it's not that weird. I mean, the best moment, the I mean, in my opinion, is him intercepting Brady for the first the Steelers' ah, first one. interception since two thousand five. Um, they ended up losing that game, but um, that was the that's Jesse, the one that, that was a Jesse James game, right? Sounds right. I thought yeah. you were gonna say when he showed up to camp dressed as Stone Cold. Oh, Steve I Austin. I tweeted that picture out and said thank you, Vince. I mean, that's a goat picture. That's awesome. Yeah, he's great. Vince Williams had a great career as a Steeler and Steeler fans who grew up in this era will definitely remember who oh, he yeah. is for. For sure, definitely a great personality. Bince. We, we wish Bince all the best in his post NFL career. I'm sure he could definitely find something to do. He's very charismatic. Won't be short of any work opportunities in his retirement. That's going to do it for this episode, though. On the next episode, we continue our series of most important players on a roster that aren't a quarterback. We turn the page to the NFC conference and go through team by team and tell you who we think is the most important outside of the QB for that team's success in 2021. That's on the next episode of Steelers Standard. Thanks for listening to this one. For Jacob Brecht and Kellen Gursky, I'm Tom Opperman, and we'll talk to you next time.